Hey friends, welcome to the Cultivate Hope podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Robinson, and I want to invite you to come alongside me as we hear stories, gain wisdom, and even some helpful tools from some of my friends. These are people who have experienced challenging seasons of life that have tested their faith. We can all learn from those who've dug those deep trenches and have found their way to the other side of hopelessness. So let's start digging together and cultivate hope. Welcome back to season two of Cultivate Hope, where we are forging on with our original series, Hope in the Midst of. I am so excited to be able to share more stories of encouragement, challenge, and most of all, hope with all of you. If you're new here, just know there are no expectations, no judgment, and absolutely no shame. Every voice that you hear on this side of the pod has been where you're at at one point or another and wants nothing more than to see you win in whatever season that you're in right now. I'm so glad that you're here, and today we are hitting the topic of boundaries head on. While the word seems to have gained a bit of a negative connotation, we're going to talk about how it can actually be one of the most loving ways to grow in our relationships. So to help me tackle this complex concept, I am so excited to welcome R&B singer-songwriter, Miss Tennessee USA 2010, the most loving and supportive wife, Disney princess, super mama of three girls, and my longtime friend, Tucker Nicole. Hello, thanks for having me. We're so excited you're here. This is gonna be such a great episode because it was one of the most requested topics. Um, from our listeners so far this year, because I think everybody's looking to figure out how to do boundaries in a healthy way, especially in Christian culture. Like, how do we love people and still stay healthy and guard our heart and guard our mind and all those things? So I heard your story. And of course, if you have not listened to, you need to go listen to Tucker's new music. It's under Tucker Nicole. But her songs hit this head on. They hit mental health head on. They hit boundaries head on. And so I'm really excited for her to share her story with us today. So Tucker, I'm going to ask <laughs> a question that we ask everybody. Who comes All right. To the podcast. What is your definition of hope? I think for me, hope is the trust that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, truly, it doesn't have to be any more complex than that. It's so simple. Yeah. Um, for you, <laughs> where does your hope come from? My family, my, I've got three beautiful little girls. I've got my husband and I, I put so much, um, I've learned to put more stock in what I do have rather than what I don't have. Um, I try to look around and see the blessings again, the blessings that I, I currently have rather than being so destination obsessed, like I used to be where it's like, okay, when the girls are such and such age, then I'll be able to enjoy this. Or when my husband and I are at, you know, such and such year of our marriage, we'll be traveling alone or, you know what I mean? Like just yes. little things that aren't important to where I started putting more focus on where I am now, who I am now, who I'm with now so good. and being more present because that destination obsession becomes an, a different form of addiction. You know, you start, you're, you're not able to be happy with who you are and who you're with. If you're too busy thinking about your next steps, you know? 
Absolutely. And I don't know if this is true for you, but I know for me with my kids growing a little bit older, now I can actually look back and identify moments where I'm like, I wish I would have been in that moment. Like I didn't know that that was the good stuff later on. And you're like, wait, that I don't have that anymore. It's not like that anymore. I looked around. It's funny you said that because about probably two or three days ago, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine and I was like, I'm not needed as much anymore. Like I'm, I remember being in the, the throes of the beginning. Like I, I had my first and then she was about three when my twins were born and I was just all over the place and so busy. And I loved it at the time, but still was just like, you know, I didn't realize that there would come a day where I was like, wow, they're kind of self-sufficient in a lot of ways. Of course they still need me. They're almost six and almost nine, but there's so many things that they do that leaves more time for me to do what I want to do. And I'm like, who am I? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> who is this girl? I don't know her. Like, what does she like? What does she like to do? <laughs> I'm like they're in school and you know, I, it's just, it's strange. It's a strange adjustment. And so that's, it was another big reminder for me that I'm like, okay, enjoy these little moments, enjoy these little stages while I have them and, and not be destination obsessed. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Cause that's so easy to do. We all do it. I mean, and yeah. Instagram makes it really easy. Cause you're always looking at everybody else's lifestyle and like, but what if my life looked like that? And what if I did that? And you're not like in your present moment, how for you, since we talked about, you know, having kids and going through different seasons, how have boundaries, this idea and this perspective of boundaries for you changed over time or has it? Oh, it's definitely changed. I was always a people pleaser. I call myself a a recovering people pleaser. I still am always going to do right by others. I'm always going to show up when I need to. And I'm, you know, always going to display kindness where I can, but then I realized at the same time, I wasn't being kind to myself by not setting proper boundaries with everyone and boundaries included with myself by not overexerting myself and, and over promising people that I'd help them all on the same day. And then I'm at the end of the day, I'm exhausted and you're having near a panic attack because you can't keep up with with everything you've committed yourself to, you know? So, um, I teach my kids about boundaries all the time where I encourage them to set boundaries with me and with each other and with my husband, where it's like, okay, and little boundaries for kids, of course, are going to be different than what adult boundaries are, but absolutely just communication and not being scared to, um, to tell your truth and, and, and explain where you're comfortable, you know, like boundaries are all about communicating what is comfortable for you. And I think so many times, especially as Christians and as women, Mm -hmm. we feel that we have to cower and not, and not stand firm, but that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to stand firm and he wants us to be, of course, doing it in a always in a kind way and and doing it from, from a kind heart and everything. But I think the biggest thing with my journey as a mother, as a wife, as a Christian and my relationship with God and my relationship with myself Mm -hmm. 
learning how to compartmentalize and learning how to prioritize, learning how to say no and learning how to um, not be nervous about setting boundaries. Because I think the biggest thing for me was always being concerned about setting the most minimal boundary and being scared that somebody would be upset by it. You know, asking somebody not to swear at you should not be something scary. I used to be so scared to set boundaries in a sense that I didn't even want to approach it. And I would overthink myself to death to the point where in most circumstances, it wasn't as big of a deal as I made it out to be in my mind. You know, sometimes it is as simple as setting a very basic, small boundary and most people are okay with it. Yeah. And what I've learned is if somebody is not okay with you setting boundaries that are healthy and necessary for yourself and your health and everything, then they're probably not people that you need to be around Mm. anyway. Yeah. I feel like that's a really good indication of what a toxic relationship might be to identify that is like, okay, if you have this built up anxiety over a specific person and someone Mm -hmm. already like to me, even spiritually speaking, I feel like that's a real spiritual indicator of like, if someone causes that much anxiety in me, like that's not the kind of environment where I'm going to have peace or I'm going to be able to operate in love because I'm going to be so focused inward that I can't even focus outward. Mm -hmm. I can't even focus on anybody else because I'm like constantly overthinking. Yeah. That's a great point. I've learned to listen to those indicators a lot better because they're crucial for your mental, spiritual, emotional, and sometimes physical health. Like you can't ignore those indicators, those red flags. Um, And if it doesn't sit well with your spirit, there's a reason for that. I agree. I also think I was thinking about this a little bit before we were talking and I was like, you know what I think is so scary as a Christian in particular and why I think a lot of Christians really shy away from boundaries is because of this idea of being seen as self-righteous. And I think it's so twisted. Of course, the enemy is going to get us that way because he's going to have us focused on how other people perceive us and other people's thoughts of us. We need to kind of get out of our heads in order to not have that anxiety. But I feel like it's not really self-righteousness to have boundaries. It's more, it is godly righteousness because you're having mm-hmm. confidence that God, God made your mind and your spirit to have peace and God made you well enough to be received mm-hmm. by others in a way that should be reciprocated and loving and kind that you have respect for yourself. It's almost like stewarding yeah. yourself really well. I steward my mind. God gave me a great mind. God gave me peace in my mind. I have to steward that peace of mind. Mm-hmm. So if someone's messing with that, I'm not being self-righteous. I'm, I'm walking in the righteousness God already gave me. Absolutely. And I feel like I'm not able to help others around me if I'm not being the best version of myself. And if myself is being trampled over and disrespected constantly because I'm not one setting boundaries or B two, B whatever, (laughs) reiterating the boundaries then what happens is that is when you start being filled with more anger, resentment, pain, confusion, anxiety, and you get so easily overwhelmed when you're not setting boundaries. Like it really is so important. It's it's just, it's non-negotiable for me at this point. <laughs> I like that. And that you've made that very clear yeah. in your songs. Uh, this is why, and nah, love them. <laughs> love them. 
especially this is why I really love that one because you are communicating essentially in that song, you're communicating your boundaries and you're saying, Hey, I'm just going to let you know, this is Mm -hmm. why this is happening. (laughs) First of all, it's happening. This is happening. The boundaries drawn, like you can't change it. It's my boundary. And this is why this is happening. I'm going to tell you one time and like, that's it. So that song, can you tell us kind of a little bit of where that came from? Like what, what did that kind of situation look like for you? So we could put a framework around it. So that for me was a long-term and the most toxic abusive relationship that I've ever experienced in my life. And I had attempted to set boundaries. I had many conversations and I, I, and here's the thing too, with boundaries, you only set them with people that you are wanting to continue a relationship with. Yes. Oh, that's so, so whether it's a family member, a loved, you know, a relationship, friendship, um, romantic relationship, anything. If I'm coming to somebody and saying, Hey, this is how things are. It's not working for me. And this is why, <laughs> um, can we fix this so that we can move forward and we're all happy here? Yeah. And so I had a numer, like a numerous amount of conversations with this, we'll call it a, a group of people and said, Hey, you know, this is what I would love to see change. This is how you treated me. And that was a huge step for me was saying, Hey, this is how you hurt me. Yeah. Cause I was scared to even admit that I was scared to say, Hey, you did X, Y, and Z. And it's sat with me for years and you haven't changed your behavior, but I want you around. Um, can we fix this? And they basically laughed in my face and were like, eh, you know, oh, no. I like things the way they are. So either you fall in line oh. or whatever. Oh, no. And so I said, okay, if X, Y, Z continues to happen, then I'm going to have to excuse myself. Mm. They didn't think I was serious because I never set boundaries and stuck with them. Mm. And so what happens is you can attempt to set one, but if you don't reinforce it and actually follow through, then people are going to constantly cross the line. So yes, set a boundary, but yes, reinforce. Like that's, you can't move forward unless you reinforce it. And it has to be something that's important to you. And for me, it was like physical safety was one of them. So after I said, okay, I'm out, I'm gone. And I did it with love. I still was very, I didn't step out of character to do so. I said, you know, I gave the warning and now I got to go just at least give me a week or so. Let's have no communication. And then we'll go from there. Well, in the meantime, a week turned into a couple weeks, turned into a couple months and I liked the space and I, I became, it became very clear to me that I was healthier, completely away from this relationship. In the meantime, I'm hearing through the grapevine that they're talking to other people and telling falsities about what, what the situation was. And then also saying, I don't know why she won't talk to me. I don't know why Tucker's not talking to me. And I'm like, meanwhile, you have my phone number, my email, like you can contact yeah. me, but, but you're calling everybody in your Rolodex. Is a Rolodex even a thing anymore? I'm not showing my age. Yeah, right. <laughs> but calling everybody and saying, you know, I I'm, I'm oblivious to why, wow. you know, and unfortunately when you're dealing with narcissists, that's kind of, you know, the, there's lack of accountability and 
those things. But I was so offended at first that they behaved in a way that they didn't know why I would be upset or why I was hurt by anything. And I'm like, you know, not to go into all of that, but when there's mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical abuse involved, you don't get to play dumb to what you've done. So the memory loss was just insane to me where I was like, okay, well, you know, we've had too many conversations for me to continue to engage. Mm -hmm. So I took my pain and turned it into art. And I was just like, you know what? You want to know why? This is why. This is why. This is why. Like, and it just, it was meant to be kind of funny at the same time, because it is laughable when to some degree, I mean, it's painful, but it can be laughable when you look at somebody and are like, wow, you really have zero capability of taking any kind of accountability for yourself. And I had to come to a place where I wasn't angry anymore Mm -hmm. because again, did what they do to me hurt? Absolutely. But I had to decide then, do I want to continue to be victimized by this or do I want to hold on to my strength and move forward and try to hopefully help others who have been dealing with the same thing that I've dealt with for years from non-romantic relationships. So I just kind of looked at it, shook my head, looked at the whole situation and was like, you know what, this is sad at the end of the day they are who they are. And that's why I'm not around. So yeah, that's why. Wow. That is incredibly challenging because not only, like you said, not only did you give them a warning, you sat down with them, you gave them the honor and the courtesy. So Mm -hmm. you didn't change. You were still a person of honor, whether they were honoring you or not. Yeah. You sat down with them and said, Hey, like, this is what's happening. This needs to change. And I love what you said before about how when you love somebody, when you really do care about them, because so many people take it as like a rejection thing or like you're mm-hmm. rejecting me or you're putting boundaries up because you don't like me anymore or yeah. you don't want as much of me. It's like, no, I actually want more of you, but yes. I want you, not this. Right. So this piece, we can, it's like a chess thing. Can we just move this piece out of the way and we can be closer? Absolutely. This person was reaching out to my best friends and it's like, why does Tucker hate me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, Tucker never hated you. I never hated you. And me asking you for the bare minimum Mm -hmm. does not mean hatred, especially like I'm, again, I said this earlier, but I'm I'm not going to step out of character for somebody. I've spent years healing. I don't see the purpose or point in me raising my voice in anger because even if somebody did something out of pocket to me, me raising my voice and me getting angry and me letting my emotions take over me to the point where I can't control them hurts me. It's not helping the situation. Mm -hmm. So when I say I'm not going to step out of character, I'm going to remain calm as calm as possible. It's not always realistic to be, you know, super Zen. Yeah. Um, However, if somebody is putting you in danger of you know, it's not all dangerous, not always physical, but it could be in danger of depression. You know what I mean? Like those things are really scary to deal with and to move on from. Mm -hmm. And 
like you were saying, you have to listen to your spirit and, and who is sitting well with that. And if something's not sitting well with your spirit, you have to sit back and be like, okay, what is this? Is this something fixable or is God trying to tell me that I can, I can learn a lesson, but also maybe teach them one Yeah. in the process. Um, I've learned that I cannot be anyone's savior because I am not the Lord. I can't do that. I, in relationships past, I'm, I'm very blessed to have the husband that I do. And we connected immediately over faith and everything. And he's been fantastic. We've been together 12 years. But prior to that, I found that I was setting the bar too low mm. for myself. And it wasn't just romantic relationships. A lot of times it was friendships and everything. And you kind of look around and you take stock one day. And for me, it was an, as an adult where I just had to look around and think, okay, who am I surrounding myself with? What am I allowing into my heart, into my mind, into my spirit? Is that going to make me in my journey on the rest of this earth, you know, the rest of the time I'm here, is that going to make me better? Or do I need to, again, take inventory and say, you know what, something's got to give. Yeah. And for me, that was like, that was a huge eye opener for me was realizing that the choices in the company I was keeping was not always the best. And that's a whole reckoning within yourself. Like that takes time to just get through on your own in your own heart of hearts, you know, to just like mentally work through that and process. Right. I get here. Yeah. Happen. And how do I alter my thinking and my values in a way where I can actually place these things and my future looks different than my past. Yeah. That's hard. And I was never somebody that like completely spiraled out or anything by those means, but it's still, you have to think about the future that you want without being again, destination obsessed. But um, it wasn't until I removed myself from the situation with the most toxic relationship that I've had, which is the subject of the, the whole album it wasn't until I got away from them that I could really figure out who I really am and who I want to be Yeah. independent from these people who were trying to hold me down and were trying to tell me lies about myself and who were just not healthy for me to be around. And it was fun to get to rediscover who I am and to listen to God and let him tell me, okay, you're good. And this is you, like you can decide where you go from here. And it can be really lonely and isolating when you are making the conscious decision to back away from people that you thought would be in your life forever. Those moments can be really sad, really depressing and really dark. But I always knew, even in those darkest hours, it's like I was never alone. I mean, I had my husband and I had my kids and but even when you're surrounded by a bunch of people, you can still feel alone. A hundred percent. And that's when I really learned to listen to God more than I ever have in my life. Like I've, I've raised Catholic. I've always, you know, gone to church and I, you know, I, I love the Lord. I always have, I always will. Yeah. I realized that while my earthly father may let me down 
my heavenly father never will. Yeah. And that became the biggest comfort for me. That used to be something that made me sad. And it's funny how uh, the same sentence told in a different year can mean something completely different. That's so true. And I used to say the same thing as like, well, he let me down, but God never will. And you say it over and over again until you're not crying anymore when you say it. Or if you are crying, it's happy tears because it brings you comfort rather than sadness. And rather than thinking of relationships that I no longer have, I think of the most important one that helps me cultivate the relationships that I do have. Oh, that's awesome. That is so encouraging because I think a lot of us, some of the fear that we have around setting boundaries, especially when it comes to people who are already close to us mm-hmm. and they're close enough to hurt us, to really hurt us yeah. is, oh no, what if, so if they're gone, who's going to fill that space? How mm-hmm. am I going to feel? How am I going to get through this? So what were some of the things you said that you were kind of having these conversations with God? What were some of the things that you feel like the Lord was speaking to you in that time? Like telling you about yourself or telling you about, you know, your situation that maybe could encourage somebody else who's who's yet to sit with God and kind of process through that? I, for the first time in my life around that time that I removed myself from that relationship mm-hmm. became anxiety filled, um, was dealing with a lot of depression and, and even some panic attacks here and there, which were very abnormal for me and who I've always been and, and, part of me thought, okay, well, does this mean I need to go back to the poisonous well? Like, am I having this reaction because I need to go back to those people? And rather than reacting quickly, I was like, okay, I need to listen. I do a lot of overanalyzing and overthinking and, and that's you talking to yourself in your head. And I'm like, okay, what if I just stop talking to myself and I just, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, And he just kept saying that I will be okay. Mm. And it just was like, how, well, how am I going to be okay? Because these are people I've always known, even though it's way more negative than good. And it's been incredibly harmful for my health overall. Like it was familiar. You become familiar with this certain type of pain and everything was so tumultuous and it was always just like the roller coaster of are they going to be angry today or are they going to like me today or you never knew what to expect with these people and I just kept hearing your family is who is with you now Mm. and for me that's my husband and my kids and my chosen family that I've I have some of the most wonderful beautiful friends in the world and I just started just spending time enjoying them Mm-hmm. and enjoying the calm yeah which sounds so basic but for me my life was never calm before and so calm for me I didn't trust it mm-hmm. because calm meant what's coming next it's the calm before the storm when's the other shoe gonna drop wow. when is everything just gonna hit the fan mm-hmm. I was scared to be happy and I was scared to be content. And I'm so blessed to have such a 
nurturing and patient and loving husband who was listening to me through all of my pain of, of losing this relationship, because you do have to mourn that. Yeah, absolutely. He always just listened without offering too much advice. And that's one thing I've learned too, is like, sometimes advice can be detrimental. Sometimes all you need to do is just listen. The best thing you can do is just listen to somebody vent. But I realized that calm is safe and that I am safe. That's what God, like, he just kept telling me, you're safe. You're okay. It's okay. You're in a safe place to heal now. Wow. And it's so crucial to have, like, your home should be your safest place. And that I was welcoming people into our home to visit on too many occasions that they were tumultuous. And I'm like, I'm having flashbacks to, to how it was whenever I go to their home and, you know, being where it's always yelling, slamming doors, screaming, fighting, and all those things. And I, I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that to be normal for them to see and to be around. So guess what? It's not, they don't. And I got to make that choice. My husband and I together, like we may have disagreements because everybody does, but we don't raise our voices at each other. Mm. And our kids see us have respectful disagreements and we have respectful conversations within our household to where I'm getting to heal my wounds through providing my kids with the safety that I was not afforded when I was their age. You know, they, they talk a lot about um, like being a cycle breaker and generational wounds and it very much, I, I got to the point where I'm like, this is going to end here yes. with me. I'm the last in line. Yes. And I am going to make sure that my daughters feel safe always in their home. Mm-hmm. They feel safe to communicate their feelings, mm-hmm. even if somebody may not be ready to hear it yet. I'm allowing myself to say, I'm proud of me. I'm proud of how far I've come and I'm excited about the journey and the path that I'm foraging now for myself and for my family. Wow. Uh, that's, there were so many good nuggets in there. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm processing through it. Cause it was so, so good. Honestly, two things first one, you don't need to hear this from me cause you already know you did the right thing, but I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> For, for putting yourself first and for valuing what God put inside of you and how you steward yourself and your family, that is not easy, especially when it's close relationship. That is really not easy. And so the fact that you did that and you stepped forward in a protective mode of yourself and your family, that is amazing. So major props to you for that. And two, I'm so sorry that you even had to go through that because I think people who do experience where they have to put boundaries when they're trying to love better, they're trying to Mm -hmm. love and they get rejected or that love is not reciprocated in the same way that hurts and it's not fair Mm -hmm. and that's not how it should be. And I think that's just another indicator that this world's not our home. Like it shouldn't be that way. It should not be this way. This is not the way God intended it. That's why it hurts so much. Um, I also think it speaks so highly of your husband. To create that say truly like I'm so impressed I'm like man 
to create such a safe space for you to be able to disconnect in that way from something that was such a, uh, a key foundational relationship in your life that mm-hmm. to provide that for you to where you're like, I'm good. Yeah. I got peace. I got, you know, like we're good. This he's got me. I, yeah. you know, he knows I got me. He knows God's got me. Like you're being constantly lifted up. That I think is an imperative thing too, is whenever you go through putting boundaries up, making sure you have that at least one person that will mm-hmm. constantly lift you up and be a place of peace for you where you can go and you can sit with them and you feel like you're with yourself. You feel like you're with God, yeah. you like you're just like at home base and you can actually let down, like yeah. actually let your hair down. You need that, that, that non-judgmental space to where you can really process where you're at. Absolutely. And he is 1000% that for me. And which is a true blessing. It is. That is a huge blessing because that's hard to find. Um, I wanted to acknowledge too, what you did is so scriptural, like the way that you did it and the way that you loved and were calm. So Titus 3.10 says, as for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice have nothing more to do with him. Wow. Okay. Confirmation. Thank you, Lord. And, and for our listeners, if you're in the midst of a situation where you're feeling, where you're being abused or you're being mistreated and you're trying to put up boundaries and it's not working, um, or you feel like you need to put up boundaries and you're scared, scripture says, go for it. It says, do it, give them the boundary. If they don't, you close it off. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you brought up that scripture because I actually was not (laughs) aware of that one. And now I need to write it down. I can remember, but for me, there there was an attack on my spirituality during that time to where those people wanted to use faith as a way to manipulate me back into the fold, which was really difficult. And I know that's such a huge thing that I'm, I'm always going to bat for as Christians, because when people, one thing that makes me so angry is when people use the word to manipulate others into doing things that aren't comfortable for them. And I had to be so strong in my faith to know that I know who the Lord is. He knows me and he is holding me and protecting me and keeping me. And he's telling me that these are lies that I'm hearing from them. And it was like, you know, God wants you to talk to us. And I'm like, well, God also wants me to be safe. Yes, absolutely. You know, and God wants you guys to heal. And if you come to that place, then we can have a conversation. But as of now, Mm -hmm. I know that God will tell me, he will communicate to me. Yes. If he has, if something has changed within their spirit, I will know. And it's that whole idea of like, I have my own relationship. Yeah. It speaks directly to, I got a direct pipeline. And so, and the Mm -hmm. same spirit that Jesus left on this earth lives inside of me, lives inside of you, lives inside of all of us. And so that spirit communicates spirit. I'm actually working on a study right now on in first Corinthians. And it talks about how Paul was like his biggest thing. He was trying to communicate to the Corinthian church in first Corinthians was that it's the spirit by which the Lord communicates. It's the spirit by which things are changed and hearts Mm -hmm. are things change. Like we can, like when we go to church, the pastor speaks a good word. It's not from them. It's because the spirit is speaking to our spirit. So mm-hmm. for us, I don't need you to be my Holy Spirit. Right. I can't be your Holy Spirit. I already have one of those. You already have right. one of those. 
So when, when the Lord tells me, when I have a peace, the fruits of the spirit are peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all those things. Mm-hmm. When I feel all that, then I know that the spirit has, has caused a change. Absolutely. It sounds like you have hope that that could change, which I love because God's bigger. God's bigger than everything, yeah. bigger than us. He can do anything. And we know that. How does that change your prayer life? My hope in this situation has less to do with me having relationship with these people yep. and more so with them finding peace because they don't have it. Because if they had it, they wouldn't be treating people the way that they do. Yep. My hope is that they find that peace and that they find that happiness and that the people that they encounter moving forward from that benefit from it. Mm. Um, I truly deeply want that for them. And I believe that God can do all things. I believe that he can heal anyone and anything. Yeah. That doesn't always happen on this earth. He does it in his own time in whatever time that he knows that these people are willing to receive it. Um, I hope that for them and my hope for myself and my family is to continue to heal and enjoy life and look out for each other and beautiful that is Um, you genuinely have a true i would say godly love for them because it's incredibly selfless to say you know what i still pray the best for you i still believe that god can do good things in your life and i believe that you know i want for you not for me because you never step back into my life again I just want you to have that. That is incredibly selfless. So a question I have for you about kind of this topic of boundaries is when you do walk away from something like that and you have a little pain, it's very easy to get bitter. It's very, very easy. I mean, overstep bitterness and step into forgiveness because I we've all heard forgiveness is for you, not for the other person. How yeah. do you actually do that when they're not around? How do you do that? Yeah, you know, first reaction is sadness, anger, and bitterness all wrapped into one. Um, My first step was not judging my emotions Mm. and allowing me to feel them because I've learned in my old age, (laughs) my old age of 33. um, (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But I've learned that the more I try to repress my feelings or suppress them and and keep them down, um, come back up. So I start to ask myself, okay, why am I feeling angry or why am I feeling bitter? or Why am I emotional about this? And I had to start asking myself the right questions, whether it's journaling or just like sitting there talking to God, like, okay, why am I upset? Do I miss them? No. Do I think that it would be healthy, healthy to continue a relationship with them? No. You know, you, you just have to ask yourself situationally what works for you. And I had to rationalize <laughs> my feelings, which isn't always very easy to do. Um, my feelings, I rode the wave and I had to ask myself if I never get a real apology will I be okay? Mm. 
And at first I thought I needed that apology because I felt I deserved that apology. And, you know, to some degree I do, Mm -hmm. but an apology is more than words. Mm -hmm. And I say now, I'm like the only acceptable apology is changed behavior. I've heard so many I'm sorry's from these same people only for them to continue to do the same thing over and 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 over again to where I'm sorry means nothing. So I had to ask as well, do I feel that they're capable of change right now? Or are they capable of change if I fall back into the fold, if I fall back in line and do exactly, you know, we'll just fall back into step and do exactly what it's always been. And then we'll forget that I ever asked for a change and I'll just be expected to just business as usual. Yeah. And that helps no one. Right. It hurts me and it encourages and excuses their behavior. Right. So I'm not helping them. Mm-hmm by going back into the fold. Um, I felt that I had God on my side saying, you know what, if they're going to, for them to learn a lesson and they're not going to get this lesson right now, but eventually they'll understand. And in the meantime, I'm holding your hand. I'm protecting you. I've got you, but this is a lesson that they have to learn on their own with you not there. Wow. And I had to trust and believe that. And I 1000% do. I had a lot of questions at the beginning, like how am I gonna make it? You know, you become codependent on certain people that are fixtures in your life and which isn't healthy either. But to answer the question though, I, I had to take the journey of accepting my emotions respecting them, not judging them, and can peacefully move to the next step of my healing process. That's amazing. That's encouraging for me because I think my biggest temptation in that type of situation would be to become self-righteous and to be like, no, like I, and how I feel like, yes, they did do me wrong. Like, especially yeah. when it comes to situations of abuse, like, yes, that was wrong. I'm right. I am right. They mm-hmm. didn't be wrong. I have every right to be angry. I have every right to do whatever I want to do or say whatever I want to say and be as angry as I want. So for me, I would want that apology out of that yeah. part and be like, you freaking owe me an apology. Like yeah. I can't hard for me not to stir up anger when I would mm-hmm. think about that situation or them, but to get to a point where you have compassion for their situation and for their heart and their, the state mm-hmm. of their spirit, I feel like that's when you know that you've truly forgiven is when you actually get to the point where like, you know what, that they find freedom from this because yeah. we all know it's principalities and powers, not people. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what we're fighting against. And so we know that, you know, somebody we have to recognize and realize where that's coming from and it's never from them. And it's never yeah. a thing that we've allowed in our life to take center stage and control our relationships. And until we can learn to subdue and take ownership of that, boundaries are absolutely necessary. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So Tucker, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. That 
people will be able to find themselves in that somewhere and find their own situation and pull some wisdom out of that in order to move forward in whatever way they need to find freedom and to find peace. Because if no one's told you yet, you deserve peace. You do. You, you And you don't just deserve it. It's, it is an inheritance. It's actually something that you are given freely. It's yours. You just mm-hmm. have to take ownership of it and say, okay, yeah. I actually believe that it's mine. Good way. Yes. Yes. It's expensive. It's worth everything. Yeah. So Tucker, for you, if you could tell our listeners, what are maybe two things that you would tell our listeners if they're in the similar stage of, I know I need to make a move. I know I need to make a boundary or I know I need to shut this down. What would you tell them? Pay it to red flags. Don't ignore them. Um, the biggest thing, Sarah, is what we talked about is, does it sit well with my spirit? Yeah. And only, you know, the answer to that, um, listen to your spirit and trust it and know that it knows you, it knows your heart. And that is a message from God telling you, Hey, I've got you. This is the decision, you know, you need to make. I will hold your hand. I will hold you and we'll get through this. Mm, That's awesome. So final question on a lighter note, because (laughs) today hope, who is your, one of your hope heroes? Who is like someone that you look at and you're like dead or alive, doesn't matter. Any type of person in the world that I would take a piece of your hope and stand in those shoes if I could. Can I say my husband? (laughs) Yes, you can. You can. Honestly, I was actually... (laughs) <laughs> I would say him because I'm like, man, he's been such like a. He's my hero. He's awesome. just he's amazing. Um, I thought that I had a sound relationship with God, and then I met him, and, and I met Brandon, and and he taught me how to really talk to God more and have more of like a kinship, like a friendship, where I became more comfortable talking about my faith, and it just became a more integral part of, of who I am rather than just, yeah, I'm a Christian, blah, 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 blah. But it's now I feel that sure of, you'll know I'm Christian by the way that I present myself. And I feel that through meeting him, through meeting my husband, I've truly been able to embody that more to where I don't feel that I have to shout from the rooftops or over explain who I am anymore. I know who I am and that's faith-based and that's true. That is Christ-based. I know who I am and people will hopefully know my spirit, um, treat others and how I carry myself. Um, that path began with meeting my husband and him helping me, um, really step into of God that God wanted me to become. So, yeah. At a hundred percent, you just exude peace now. So I can see that that is completely taken residence in your life and you've taken ownership of that. And so the fruits there, thank you so much <laughs> for sharing your story and for sharing hope with our listeners who are in these tough situations. Cause this is one of the few topics that I'm like, this is really hard to see hope, yeah. to pull some hope out of. So thank you for showing us where the hope is. And I hope this episode made you feel as empowered as it did me. 
My favorite takeaway is knowing that when we communicate our boundaries to others, we aren't saying go away. We're actually saying, I want you to stay. So join us next week as we dive into another controversial yet popular topic within current Christian culture, deconstruction. We are going to tear down some preconceived ideas and expose the beauty at the core of this most often misunderstood process. See you next week. Until then, don't lose hope.